Okay, good evening. We're live May 9th, 2016. Happy birthday, everyone. I said that to someone today and they said, what? What do you mean? I guess it's not customary to wish other people to be happy on your birthday. <laughs> and it's everybody's birthday anyway. Uh, we're all born every moment. So today's quote is about rejoicing. It's about doing good. You know? It's about the benefits of doing good. Buddha said there are four benefits of doing good. You, uh, you feel good about yourself. Other people say, what are the four? Good things happen to you in this life. Why do I think there are four? Other people say good things about you. Uh, you feel happy because you've done good things. So good things happen to you. No, I don't remember. The fourth one is good things happen in the next life. This is actually um, one of the Dhammapada verses that we, we've been over, right? Idhamodati pecha modati katapunyo ubayatra modati so modati sopamodati disva kamavisudimatano having seen the goodness the purity of their own deeds. They rejoice. They so the modati means to be happy or rejoice. Pamodati is is ba. It adds a ba, which means they are exceedingly joyful. They are happy. They are very happy when they see the good, the purity of their deeds. Ida modati, they rejoiced here. Pitcha modati, they rejoice hereafter. One who is one who has done good rejoices both times. Oh, sister. Kwandu, is that uh, sister formerly known as Valerie? Is she here? I don't see her on. She came on. Happy First Noble Truth. Yeah, that's right. Jati Biduka, birth is suffering. Wow. Oh no, this is someone in the US. Who is Tikwang Duk? Thought that was Valerie. So, um, simple quote you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. We don't talk about rebirth too much, no? 
it's not that important. But talking about thinking about death is is important. It's important to understand that we die. The story of the weaver's daughter who came to see the Buddha, and the Buddha asked her, "Where are you going?" And she said, "I don't know." And he said, well, "Where are you coming from?" "I don't know." And he said, "Do you know? Don't you know?" And she said, "I do." And he said, "Do you know?" And she said, "I don't." And yeah, and. People were thought she was crazy. Why don't you answer the Buddha's question? And she, and then the Buddha said, "What did you mean by those answers?" She said, well, the Buddha doesn't care. You know, the Buddha's not going to ask me where am I going. Just like in this life, what he means by where am I going? Because she had spent a lot of time thinking about death after she'd heard the Buddha talk previously. So she said, "Where am I going?" Means in the next life, of course. That's that's where I'm really going. But I don't know where I'm going. Where I've come from, I don't know that either. I don't know where where I was before this life. I don't know. And then, do you know? Or don't you know? Well, yes, I do know something. I know I'm going to die. So yes, I do know. And then, do you know? Do I know when, how, where? Five things we don't know and so on. We don't know when we're going to die. We don't know where we're going to die. We don't know how we're going to die. We don't know where our body's going to go, and we don't know where our mind is going to go. So I don't know. Death could come any time. It could come today. It could come tomorrow. Who knows whether death could come tomorrow? Nobody knows. Well, very few people know. And that's um, that's somewhat disturbing as a Buddhist because are you ready? <laughs> ready for the big life change? I mean, death isn't really death. Death is just a big change. It's a life change. So are you ready for that life change? Are you ready for what comes next? Most of us are not. But this is what we do, and this is what meditation does. It prepares you for death. When you meditate, all of your life flashes before your eyes, your eyes, just as if you were going to die. You see all sorts of things that you thought you'd forgotten about. Everything comes up. And so once you've worked it all out through meditation, when you die, you're, you're comfortable. There's no surprises. Because you've seen the ins and outs of your mind, the good and the bad. So you're much better prepared for whatever comes. Once the body fades away and all that's left is the mind, you have to taste your own mind, then it's real meditation. Then it becomes real. All you're left with is your good and bad deeds. So uh, this week's kind of quiet, but just got just had a video conference with my family and uh, talking about things. I don't know. They wanted me to. They want me to come and stay. But my brother's coming back from Taiwan on Saturday, and 
are the things they're talking about. He wants a case of beer ready for him when he arrives. I mean, it's not it's not shocking. It's just like, what do I what am I going to do with these people? How can I how can I relate to them? And like last week, my stepmother was talking about having a big pot of she was drunk at the time and she was talking about having a big pot of weed, big bag of weed ready for him, of marijuana ready. For him. I don't know what I'm going to do. I was kind of, I suppose, a little bit snarky on the hangout. I said, I said, oh, I'm sorry you're not going to be, because the thing is this weekend I'm actually busy and I've accepted some appointments because, uh, I don't know, I, mean, I think they're maybe more important. So Saturday night I'm giving a talk in Mississauga. You're all welcome to come if you're in the area at the West End Buddhist Monastery. Um, and then Sunday we have this interfaith meeting with the interfaith group in Hamilton. And then Monday, Monday morning we're going to uh, to New York. I think I mentioned this, but we're going to drive to, to Bhikkhu Bodhi's monastery. And I just got a call this morning from the head monk in Stony Creek. And he's driving to New York's Monday morning. So he's going to drive with, he's going to come with us. He was going to drive all the way. So I said, well, gee, that's, it's bizarre, really, you know. Me and him have some kind of really strong connection. This isn't coincidence. I said to him, this isn't a coincidence. <laughs> and he said, no, we're both going to New York on the same day. We've been very close for a long time, even though I always felt like he's very, he's, we must have known each other before. He's someone I can say that about. Not too many people I can say that about. He's one of them. Uh, so he'll be coming with us, and we're going to go see Bhikkhu Bodhi, go and meet Bhikkhu Bodhi for the first time. So there's all that. Uh, yeah, anyway. Right, anybody have questions? Go ahead. Click the green... Uh, Click the green question mark, and then write in your question. How do meditate with more than one skanda? Kanda, you mean? I mean skanda, that's the same word, right? I don't understand. I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. It could mean many different things.
This month is Vesak, Vesaka Puja, the full moon of Vesaka. And on the 28th, we're having a big celebration in Mississauga Celebration Square. If you're in the Toronto area, come on out. Maybe we'll have a meditation tent. And I think I'm giving a talk. There was some talk of me giving a talk. And so we'll see if that happens. It's okay if it doesn't. I'll just sit and put up our meditation sign. Uh, sight, sound, taste at, uh, at the same time. Well, those are actually the same kanda. Those are the rupa kanda. Sight, sounds, and tastes are all rupa kanda. Um, but there's no such thing. They can't happen at the same time. You focus on whatever's present at that moment. Uh, I mean, practically speaking, this means just pick one. Pick whichever one is clearest. You don't have to worry about, is this one at this moment? Is this one? If something's happening, then just, if you see something, say seeing. If you hear something, say hearing. doesn't really matter which one. Occasional contemplation of death as a meditation practice. Um, you can look up my video on protective meditations, there's actually four types of meditation that protect you, protect your insight meditation. I recommend looking at that video. Maybe one of my faithful uh, followers here can link it, because there's some people who are so good at linking videos. Find on the four protective meditations. I'll give you an answer to that question. There's also, if, if you don't know, there's a website called video.sirimangalo.org. I think it's still there. And it has, oops, I just lost it. Yeah, it has quite a few of my videos um, categorized. I don't think it, it's up to date, but it has a lot of the older ones. Back when I was doing Ask a Monk and that kind of thing. Question regarding quote. Oh, we got some happy birthday stuff. Mm. Why does the doer delight? Isn't it best to give without thoughts of return? Yes, but when, that's because when you do that, you, you feel happy. It's kind of ironic, actually, kind of funny if, you, if you're looking for happiness. No, it's, it's not best to give without thoughts of return. If you're giving without thoughts of return, it's kind of stupid. Why are you giving? What is the purpose? You're giving to help the other person? How ridiculous. If everyone gave to help everyone else, then no one would ever benefit. No one would ever benefit from giving. We give because it makes us happy. Altruism is wrong. Altruism is problematic. And it's, it's, it's not real anyway. The only people who, who, the people who say they're altruistic are actually doing it because it makes them happy or it makes them feel good about themselves or it makes them feel proud of themselves. And boy, I'm so altruistic, that kind of thing. But normally, just because it makes them happy. 
because it maintains their happiness, because it prevents them from suffering from the pain of, of jealousy and stinginess and so on. Well, just Google Yutta Dhammo uh, Protective Meditation. I think that's what it's called. I could find it for you. Yeah, I mean, happiness is not all associated with greed. There's happiness that is associated with greed, and there's happiness that's associated with wholesomeness. You can do a wholesome deed happily. What is pervasive suffering? I don't know. Pervasive. Pervasive means constant, right? Like it's everywhere, all-encompassing. A clear understanding of the word pervasive, spreading widely throughout, right? Mm -hmm. Now the kandas are, are dukkha, so they're pretty pervasive. But I don't know what you're referring to. You have to give me a source. Where are you getting this word from? Really, nobody can find her. There's no one looking. Yutta Dhammo Protective It's not even there. Yutta Dhammo Protection. No, I think it's other meditation. Right? No. It's not even that. Other useful meditation practices. Maybe it's not a very good video. Maybe it's got a lot of downloads. No? 72 up and forth. It's probably okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I have to find it because I remember how I titled it. Other useful meditation practices or something like that. Simon, you're usually pretty good at that. You missed this one. I kind of set you on a wild goose chase. It wasn't protective. I didn't label it as protective. Yeah, those are the four. You know what they are. Araka Kamatana. I can't remember whether it was my teacher or Lumpo Chodok that I heard these from first. Uh, okay, well, we're not Tibetan Buddhism, so we're not 
Tibetan Buddhists, so better not to mix, you know, if you, I mean, go ask them about their, their explanations. We follow Theravada Buddhism here, so if you want. I mean, if you're new, I suggest you read my booklet on how to meditate. It's linked at the top of this page. Check out some of my videos on YouTube. That's, I mean, I'm a fairly, I have a fairly specific focus, and so you have to kind of be into what I do to be interested in the things I'm going to say. I wouldn't say I'm very you know, esoteric or specific. Well, specific maybe, but fairly straight. It's not like I have specific things I want you to visualize or something, but fairly basic, you know, fundamental. Do you remember what initially helped you keep constant sense restraint? Keeping your head down. Not looking around. You know, monks have kind of a rule that when we walk out in the world, we're not supposed to look at things. But mindfulness is, of course, the best. If you want to learn about sense restraint, there's some interesting stuff in the Visuddhimagga, I think under Sila Nidesa, in the first part of the Visuddhimagga, look up, because uh, morality is fourfold, look up fourfold morality. I may have even done a video on that actually, but uh, it talks a little bit about sense restraint. It, it'll give you some sort of fleshed out idea of sense restraint and the different kinds and different ways and give some stories of monks who practice sense restraint like and there was this monk who lived in a cave and uh, he never looked up so he only knew what the what season it was by the flowers that they had these flowering trees and he when he saw the, the flowers on the ground then he knew it was spring and these monks came to visit him once and they noticed that painted on the walls of his cave were all these beautiful murals and pictures of the Buddha's uh, you know, various stages of the Buddha's life, and they said, "Wow, these are impressive." And he said to them, "Oh, I, you know, I never noticed. <laughs> he'd, he'd lived there for years, and he'd never even noticed that there was anything on the wall." And the king heard about this, and he, had, he invited him to come and give a talk, and the monk refused. And uh, so the king made a proclamation, an order to have all, all the women in the kingdom had to have their breasts uh, tied, like, like uh, sewn up with cloth. Uh, and were any, were, you know, it was against the law to, to feed their babies until this monk came down. His way of forcing the monk to come down was to starve all the babies in the kingdom. And uh, so finally the, king, the, the monk came down out of compassion for these poor babies and their mothers. 
And uh, so he came to see the king, the king and the queen, and he came before the king and the queen, and he said when, when the king came and paid respect to him, he said, may the king long live the king. And when the queen came to pay respect to him, he said, long live the king. And so they asked him, why do you say, why do you, why, why do you say long live the king twice? And he said, well, I don't know which one of you it is. <laughs> he, doesn't, he didn't even look up to see which one it was. So he just, you know, to be safe, he just said, long live the king. Or may the king live long or something like that. A brief explanation of how we are dying and being born from moment to moment. Um, well, have you read my booklet on how to meditate? Recommend that as a start. I'm not going to explain it to you. I think you have to experience it. Read my booklet, start practicing, and find it out that way. Is there ever an exception to right speech, livelihoods, actions? I don't understand. Like, you mean, can you lie and it still be good? Because you can't. I'm Theravada. Can the primary elements be noticed with hearing, seeing, smelling as well? Or can we only notice secondary elements with them? Why, Sanka? Why do you give me these tough ones? Uh, they're derived, except for the physical. The physical is not derived. The physical, you feel the direct. Uh, so you're asking with hearing, seeing, smelling as well. No, you. They are. Um, they have a special name. The, the, the pasadas, right? You the the chaku pasada. Pasada means sensitivity or something like that. Um, so it's not direct. And um, but it's based on you just don't it's right, you don't uh, when you smell you don't you don't you're not smelling the particles. You're smelling the that which is derived from the, the contact of the particles. But it's still part of, you know, it's still the, it's still rupa. But no, it's not. It's not the primaries. It's derived. <laughs> the whole story for the monk of great sense restraint, I think it's in the Visuddhi Manga. I think that's where I'm remembering it from. Yeah, yeah, it's from the Visuddhimagga. I'm not sure if the whole thing is or if I've heard it elsewhere as well, but I'm pretty sure. Check out the um, the end of the Sila Nidesa, the end of the, the first part of the Visuddhimagga, the path of purification in English. It's on the internet. I don't answer questions about my own attainment. That would be against the monastic rules. It's just not appropriate, nor do I think it's all that helpful. Sangha, you should get the uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi's 
compendium of Abhidhamma. What's it called? Mm. Well, the Abhidhamma Sangha, the translation and explanation of the Abhidhamma Sangha. Good for you, Juan. Well done. Sounds like you're doing the right thing. But also use mindfulness. You know, if you haven't read my booklet, read my booklet. You might find it useful. That kind of meditation is quite useful for guarding the senses. Singhala Abhidhamma, I guess probably Katukurundinyana, um, no, 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 right. Reru Karne, what's his name? Reru Karne Chandavimala? No, Reru Karne, yeah, I think something like that. You know who I'm talking about. Reru Karne. No, I didn't know Sanka when I was in Sri Lanka the first time. I don't think we ever met, right? Did we? I don't think we met when I was in Sri Lanka the first time. Or am I forgetting? I don't think so. Didn't meet Sanka until I went back, right? I met Sanka on the internet, actually. Rerukane Chandavimala. Yeah, he's apparently really good. I got all of his books, intending to learn Sinhalese to read them, and never didn't get around to learning Sinhalese. Not well enough, anyway. Okay, well then that's all for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. See you all next time. <laughs>